Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 1 of Gossip, a podcast series where we discuss and try to better understand alternative perspectives on issues. The podcast series is part of Chris Network's ongoing efforts to create a safer space for discourse on gender inequality issues and human rights. So I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Watshala Naidu, the Executive Director from the Centre for Independent Journalism, and Zurairi Abdul Rahman, Assistant News Editor from the Malay Mail. Hi, hi. It's it's great to be here with all of you guys. Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me here as well. So today's topic is on gender and media. And uh, Chris Network's research, which we conducted in 2019, shows that gender inequality issues are generally not seen as very newsworthy by the Malaysian media. Yet we have actually quite a rich history of women in media since ni- since the 1940s. I think a lot of people don't know about this. I remember seeing um, old magazines in the Malaysia Design Archive, which featured women in various professions, mm-hmm. uh, women who were, you know, first time in the police force, women who were pilots and so on. And these included women who were not actually Malaysian, but women who were successful at the top of their professional careers. And these articles were written by women. Mm-hmm. So my question today is, uh, what are your thoughts on media coverage on gender issues? Are we progressing and regressing in this area? It's actually really interesting to to know the development in terms of media, right? Um, I would say on one hand, uh, we are progressing. If we look at, say, what's happening within the media, and I would perhaps look at it in the context of three areas, right? If we look at the number of women in media, then we look at the content and how it represents women and gender equality. And, and then we look at specific role of media, right? So if you look at just the number of women in media, definitely it's increasing. Yeah, you can you can see more um, editors, women editors. You can see more women um, journalists. You obviously, you know, over the years we've also seen more um, women led magazine or you know women related magazines uh, and so on, right? Now, on the other hand, if we look at what is really the implication of the numbers um, which are increasing, right? Then we have to ask these questions: Are we actually uh, falling back to certain class ceiling or stereotypes uh, with regards to the number of women in media? Because then you ask the questions about how many women chief editors are there. Uh, what would be the breakdown of journalists and the and the field they are in? You know, how many of them are involved with reporting? You know, specific kind of news like crime, economic related news, and then looking at um, the number of women involved in lifestyle or entertainment. Yeah, are we still fitting certain um, gender role stereotypes in that context? And then we look at really. You know, do we even have, uh, how many women publishers do we have? Or how many women do we have in the boards of these big publishing houses? So these are questions we have to ask. And it's really, I mean, I would say this is where we're stuck because this is where we're stagnant. Yeah, we move in one direction, but often there is uh, glass ceiling. Now, the other thing we see that uh, perhaps it's, you know, having more women in, in the field, in media, what does it also mean? We also see a pattern, perhaps, of very specific targeting of women, which is gender-based. Now, that's just in terms of numbers of women in media. But then if you go into content, 
right? You do have women, uh, certain leaders and all being quoted, being portrayed and things like that. But the numbers are still very, very minimal. Um, I, I took a, a look at about four or five uh, uh, news portals, this online news portals this morning. And I just scrolled through um, the front pages, the home pages. Yeah, mm. I would say, I mean, and these, I went through Malaysia Kini, I went through Star Online, I went through Bonio Post, I went through Astina Harapan. Almost 90% yeah, of the content were either quoting men, had images of men, they are photos of men, just, just the first page. Yeah. Uh, and that means we've not really changed much. We've not moved beyond, you know, who are the voices of authority? They're still men. Right. So you, you, you're describing a situation where we have more women in media and uh, clearly there are, you know, women journalists who are quite capable and they are, you know, going into reporting on topics that are, you know, considered more, maybe more controversial in the country. Mm -hmm. Right. So they are a lot uh, courageous as journalists. They are more investigative as journalists. And then they, they face this kind of uh, backlash. And then there's the other area where it's about content. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, do we have enough uh, media coverage on uh, gender inequality issues or gender issues per se? Mm -hmm. And our research actually shows that, uh, you know, the, the media tends to, yes, they do highlight uh, gender issues, but it's always based on some form of violence, you know, or sexual violence, in fact. So the more sensational the issue, the, the better for media. And so, you know, the, there is that whole uh, inclination towards sort of a clickbait type of, uh, you know, content. Um, and even when the, the, there's uh, quite... Um, um, serious issues that are being sort of fronted, right, by these cases. So, for example, like child marriage cases, the caning of the two women in Trungano. Uh, we have also the V2K telegram chat group that was, you know, we had an expose on that. Uh, there were allegations of police being involved. Um, we also had, uh, you know, the, the teenager who was raped uh, while in, uh, in detention. So we have all these stories that come through in media. But at the same time, you know, um, we, we don't get enough follow-up or we don't know then after that what has happened, right? Where, where What has happened to the victims? Uh, where are we going, you know, as a society, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, Zurairi, I mean, I, I wanted to just get your thoughts on this. Um, why, why do we just have, you know, it's just snippets of uh, sort of uh, very quick uh, look, you know, insights into these cases and then it's like gone. Yeah. <laughs> gone from yeah. the public, you know? Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, when you talk about how uh, gender issues are being portrayed, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, gender only comes up when it comes to, for example, crime or that, or, or perhaps uh, in entertainment where there are like gossip stories, uh, domestic troubles, and do, those sorts of stories uh, that, that we only... Only then um, we may see a, a glimpse of gender issues, but uh, you're right, there's no follow-up and there is no ex exact analysis on the issue. I mean, when you talk about uh, gender crime or sexual crimes, uh, it, it is mostly being reported in a sense of it being a crime story, but there is rarely uh, any uh, attempt of follow-ups when it comes to analysis or even commentary uh, on, on the gender issues surrounding whatever crime that is happening. And I think the big issue is definitely resource. Uh, 
most of the small uh, alternative um, news outfits are mostly um, in Klang Valley, right? I mean, th- there's not many of them that has uh, bureaus uh, out, even outside Klang Valley. And even if they do, for example, even for us, Malaysia, uh, we we only have like one person in uh, Perak, one person in Penang. Um, in one one in Sabah, so so there's not exactly uh, a dedicated bureau to work on those stories, and and oftentimes uh, the the stories that tend to get neglected are those that happen outside Klang, Klang Valley. Uh, for example, that um, rape case, right? What was it again? I I can't remember, <laughs> but it's yeah. definitely. Yeah, it's definitely uh most of these stories are happening outside, and we just do not have the resource to actually just uh follow up. Even even for example, uh, to put it simply, I mean court cases, right? I mean, uh, if for example, uh, we we do have a reporter in uh, Ipoh, so if the court case is happening in Ipoh or somewhere in vicinity, then yes, we can cover that. But uh, let's say in states that we do not have any representative at all, then. It, we we just do not have the resource to cover that, and and in order for us to keep in touch, keep following up on the stories, we have to rely uh, either on other uh, news publications, uh, and of course, when you want to cover a certain angle, you just cannot uh, leave it to others, right? And of course, uh, state news agency, and this is where perhaps uh, where we see that uh, lack of interest happening because, um, uh, and, and, and I, I assume they too do not have as much resources to follow up, so they just uh, perhaps uh, focus more on breaking news. And I think that that's probably uh, the the biggest uh, major concern. And and even let's say uh, a news publication is willing uh, to follow up on these gender issues, right? There is also the concern of um, do we actually have people who can follow up and write on the stories? Um, even if you have uh, female reporters, right? That does not necessarily mean that that reporter would be capable of uh, dissecting or seeing a certain issues uh, with, without any, if, if, if they do not have any training, if they do not have any exposure, uh, if they do not have any guidance from above even. So that's probably, I mean, my, but, my uh, sorry. Yeah, but uh, just, just let me interject there. Um, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, there are, there's a whole range of coverage about uh, Malaysian politics, and Malaysian politics happens all over the you know all over the country, right? Yeah, yeah. But we we see that happening. You know, the coverage uh, it's it's there daily, and you know <laughs> it overflows right. our media. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know whether it's about resource or commitment. I mean, uh, you know, and and uh, is that is that you know you, you can easily train a female journalists or all journalists in fact yeah. for, to to be more investigative per se. Um, and we do have, uh, you know, w- women journalists who clearly are capable. Uh, yes, they are. Uh, I, I grant you that. You know, for, for for now, the ones that I know, they are mainly in the Klang Valley, um, but they are clearly capable. Um, but they they are also looking at, you know, other uh, very more serious issues. You know, the like the xenophobia against migrant workers mm-hmm. and refugees, right? Um, and then picking up, uh, you know, like sexual harassment issues. Uh, but clearly you can also see uh, it's the women journalists who seem to be more inclined towards covering uh, gender inequality issues. And then uh, we also heard, you know, through our research that, uh, well, you know, they can't cover gender all the time because that would 
be a sort of a blemish against their professional careers. So, so how do you? I mean, how, how do you respond to this? Um, I, I don't think it's uh, on gender uh, per se. I mean, it, it is very hard now for a journalist or a reporter to just work on one issue. I mean, most most offices do not have a resource to just let a reporter cover one issue, right? I mean, uh, of course, when when you're uh, you have to have a mix, or you can be you can, you must be able to cover politics, you must be able to cover human rights issues, and it is very hard. Um, to just let one reporter and so I I my comment is that you know it is, it is not necessarily on gender issues as well I mean we, we do have uh, trouble finding uh, reporters who can cover solely on uh, religion on human rights and I think it it is perhaps a reflection of um, like I said before the problem with resource there but yeah but you're, you're right when it comes to reporters who are uh, proposing to cover a giant issue, they may seem reluctant uh, to just uh, focus on one issue because one one they may they do, they perhaps are you know concerned of being pigeonholed and and you know and because when you just uh, cover one issue right it may affect your future employment uh, your track record for example I mean we with the uh, job uh, market. A very hard with it being very hard right now. Uh, would you, would you be able to be seen as a versatile reporter if you just have been covering one issue? I think that's part of a problem. But I would I would love to hear what Wachla has to say. Wow. Yeah. Let's hear from Wachla. What are your thoughts? You know, it's interesting. I have a slightly different perspective here. I completely agree with what Zuraida is saying that in terms of the challenges and the constraint, right? But I think we are again, and I want to use Zuraida's term here, pigeonholing. And I think there's a danger of pigeonholing it when we say are journalists equipped to report on gender yeah and here it's not just solely focusing on gender but it's always applying the gender lens in all the stories that they report on right and this is critical because it's not and Zorari thank you for pointing out because most of the report we see that's really related to gender or women specific are related to violence yeah and the way they portray women as victims because you look at the images just even today yeah you look at how they uh, sexual violence committed, allegedly committed by the director of a um, state agency, right? The image is being used about this woman who's, you know, who's a victim, you know, uh, crouched uh, and leaning against the wall. And nothing about, you know, the focus is always narrowed on women and not about the men who's allegedly the, the predator here, or the perpetrator here. So I think what we need to understand is how can journalists, you know, move away from that very specific click-based, very specific violence-related uh, matters, but always ensure an integration of women's voices, perspective, and any news that they write on. If you're writing about the economic recovery package, yeah, I think it's really incumbent on the journalists to apply the gender lens there. How would this package, you know, do a review? You know, is it gender representative? Does it reflect the needs of women and, and persons of other genders? So, and get codes for different, you know, get a female economist to, to comment on it. If you do this consciously, then you, you know, you, you are actually creating the space where you're able to change, you know, or be more transformative in how you apply gender equality and gender perspective in reporting. It's going beyond reporting on just 
on gender. It's applying, constantly applying the lens, you know. And this is this is really crucial because we need to move away from how media is constantly commodifying women, right? You're, you're using the images, you're sexualizing women. And, and this really relates to, you know, kind of like institutional discrimination, yeah, being perpetrated further by media. Now, media has a role to transform this. They can break the gender stereotypes, really, and they they can now be the voices of change or the agents of change purely by how they are trained um, to report. Yeah. And it goes back to really the kind of training. I mean, um, I've spoken to a few um, lecturers in schools of communications uh, and they are quite honest and frank in the sense that very often, you know, one of the main focuses is on the headlines. You know, what kind of headlines can you come to draw the readers? Yeah, because that is important to draw the leaders. But just because it's headline focus, it doesn't need to turn into clickbait that is, you know, that is instrumentalizing women in a way, you know, to draw the crowd of readers, right? You can be more progressive in how you come up with the headlines. And then you go into, I think it's it's just a question about how do you ask the questions and be very conscious in getting enough representation of different perspectives and voices reflected in your what story. What Lachala raised is actually really critical because it, it's it's about how you're thinking about the topic and how you're going to cover it, right? How are you going to write about it? Mm-hmm. And, and that really lends to, I mean, uh, having a gender lens is just another sort of way of analyzing the, the issue. Um, but when you're when you have investigative journalistic skills, you are trained to sort of you know think about the issue in a deeper way, no? Uh, to to get information out there. Uh, and and uh, what shall I raise the issue of uh, role of media? So role of media. Um, where what is the role of media today? Especially now since we get news from you know many different sources. Uh, definitely over social media a lot more. So how, what is the role of media? Uh, is investigative journalism dead in Malaysia or is it only applied to certain topics, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I have always had this thought that investigative journalism in, in its purest sense does not exactly exist in Malaysia. Uh, partly because we, we just do not have... Uh, we do not have the space, we do not have the resource, we do not have the support, nobody wants to pay for it, uh, we do not have people who are actually trained on it, and what what a lot of things that we uh, perceive as, as investigative journalism is mostly, uh, you know, happen because uh, we got a tip somewhere, uh, we're just going through, you know, just public data. Um, it very rarely happen, it happens, you know, when we are actually digging stuff up basically because just we just do not have any resource and we just we just it's impossible to do with the uh, you know wall that is being put up by the government at the moment or, or even operations right um, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to know what exactly can investigative journalism be when you couple it together with uh, a gender lens maybe Washla you can help me with that <laughs> I th- again, this is this is too prong, right? It's it's basically question about what is it that you want to you know to disclose or you know how do you look at your role as media in making sure that the information that comes out is reliable, timely, and goes beyond just reporting what somebody has have said. 
Yeah. Where are you going to look for the news? How are you looking for the information, the news? Who are you approaching? Yeah. Investigative journalism. I'm not, I'm not talking about like what the Edge did or what Srawat Report did in terms of, you know, the way they came up with their reports on 1MDB and so on. I'm just saying that everything you do actually could have, again, a layer of investigative journalism. Uh, just looking at uh, the last year, yeah. Every day, we, there's so many news reports. Most of the report, however, are information that they derive through all these news conferences or press releases or statement. And they basically, um, you know, reiterate what's there. Yeah. For me, investigative journalism is going beyond that, you know, and trying to iterate what could be, some, you know, the hidden facts behind all this. Yeah, it's not just about reporting on on the budget. It's really going and finding out. Really, hey, wait, what's some, you know? Again, if you want to apply the gender lens, where are the funds coming from? How are the funds being utilized? And asking this question. Same thing about uh, you know, if you're going and trying to go beyond what's been stated by our politicians, you that's. You know, that's for me, investigative journalism, taking it further, looking for information that's not necessarily readily available. And this, in, an, in a very day-to-day -day thing for me, it is the way you get the different perspectives and quotes from other people, yeah? Because the, it's very difficult for us to take a very idealistic approach to investigative journalism and expect each media to provide you know, certain um, allocations for people who want to do investigative journalism. It's not going to be possible. You know, we just did a roadshow um, a few months ago in Penang and we had media representatives there and they said, even trying to access information through the Freedom of Information enactment in Penang, you have to pay, right? And your media um, agency would not have the funds available. So how are you, then you're literally taking it out of your pocket. If, so, for example, yeah, even even to get a, a I mean a document from the registrar of companies, right? I mean it's not free. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and, and not all media organizations are open to actually using their own funds. So, I mean, coming back to what, what Shala raised earlier, the, the role of media, I, I don't think people really understand what is the role of media today, you know, um, to raise public interest issues, to, to ensure accountability, because you, you are basically what, what is, is, uh, is described as the, what, the fourth estate mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, the country. So, you know, you, you actually wield power um, and uh, there is a role in terms of uh, ensuring transparency, accountability, um, in terms of uh, ensuring public interest is uh, catered to. So even if, okay, today, you know, I mean, one, one thing when you all mentioned about uh, the Freedom of Information enactment uh, in Penang and having to pay for information, maybe then, yeah, media needs to be exempted from, from such uh, fees, you know, because media... Uh, otherwise, media cannot play that role. So we do need to make it more conducive for sure. Uh, in, in a situation, right, in a situation where it's constricting, uh, because media tends to cover uh, Malaysian politics a lot, a lot more than anything else. Um, and uh, you are being shut shut off from, from access to such, uh, most media is being shut off from access to information. So why not then go down to the ground and find out, you know, what's happening on the ground? 
with uh, people, ordinary people, you know, how are they being uh, affected by COVID-19? What is the gender lens to that? Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when when those issues come up and, and people from the ground are speaking through media, I think then the doors will start to open and say, hey, come come to our conference, you know, press conference and, you know, uh, we will answer your questions because otherwise uh, the, the, you, you don't have a leverage. I mean, th- these are just my thoughts, but what are, what are your thoughts, uh, Watsala and Zurari? I, I, I agree, but I think uh, the reason why we see so many political stories is just that uh, we have an, <laughs> sort of like an avalanche of things coming our way, you know. For example, uh, politicians are always, because they love to hear their own voices, right? I mean, so they always uh, hold press conferences, they always issue press statements, so uh, there's a lot of input for us to process and therefore um, the output is uh, a lot as well. So when it comes to that point where I think uh, these days, because uh, we also have uh, COVID-19 and MCO as well uh, to work on, uh, I think we we are now uh, limiting our coverage of politics uh, politics as well. I mean, there, there are uh, press statements that, that we just, you know, do not even care to publish or even to, to write up. Uh, but uh, in days where, for example, there are no stories, of course, uh, politics stories tend to... Uh, you know, uh, tend to uh, be the bulk of uh, what you see on the front pages because there are just so many things that come our way. But uh, w- w- when you compare that to actually going down to the ground, right? Um, for example, when we, when we do follow-ups on people who are affected by uh, COVID-19 or the MCO, right? So it takes... Uh, more reporters, I mean, for example, uh, for one story, you may uh, issue two reporters for one or two days just for one story uh, compared to, you know, where a press statement, you can just spend like 30 minutes or uh, one hour uh, to, to, to just get the story out. Uh, which, um, if I may, I uh, would like to come back to my earlier issue about, I mean, do, 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 do we come from bottom or do we come from the top? Because if it comes from the bottom, from the reporters as well, uh, the stories that they are proposing to the editors, uh, taking their own proactive uh, effort uh, to, to cover issue uh, with the gender lens, right? But not all reporters or not all journalists share the same ideals or the same concern uh, over the need of uh, gender representation, uh, the newsmakers uh, that, that, that people should quote uh, and, and how certain issues are affecting, uh, you know, women uh, or other genders uh, more uh, acutely and more more uh, than how it affects the whole society or even men, right? Uh, but then there's also the top-to-bottom uh, approach where you can have, uh, you know, the the, edit, the the group, the board of uh, of the, uh, editors uh, are aware of the need uh, to cover certain stories with the gender lens and sort of like I would I wouldn't say imposing it, but you know, endorsing it uh, to the reporters, and and this may uh, guarantee a more even or more uh, you know uh, approach when it comes to covering these issues. But at the same time, there, we also come uh, into the same uh, problem with how do you convince publishers, how do you convince news outfits that covering these issues are worth their time? Because, you know, um, with with demand and supply, right, you, you see people uh, clicking on stories that are sensational. You see people who uh, want more political stories. So, it, how do you convince news outfits that, you know, uh, perhaps you should spend a little uh, less time on, you know, things that get you clicks. But, but correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, yeah. um, when, when media caters to readers, because the Chinese uh, media journalists have shared that, you know, 
Chinese uh, media audiences are not really interested in gender issues. You know, they're not at all. Uh, it's about business, it's about the economics, um, and and other things, right? Violent crimes, etc. Yeah. So um, and um, but you know, if if you have media catering to what readers and audiences want, um, isn't that more acting more as like entertainment sort of media rather than uh, news media per se? So so this is my my question, right? Because you 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 you. Um, we, we even had like a Chinese media journalist say that they're now covering porn stars just to get you know people interested in in reading their media. Um, but uh, you know how, how so so because it is about sustainability. I I completely you know appreciate that that point and aspect. Um, but how do you make yourself relevant? Right, uh, is the issue relevant? And then relevant to whom? If you're going to be relevant to to people who uh, are not really thinking about you know the, the really hard or critical issues in Malaysia, then uh, you know what is the point of having that kind of media because that media is tabloidy you know you just like tabloids uh, that are picking up on sensational kind of uh, information uh, just to make the news get, just to get readers in. Um, if I may just add a little bit there, um, Angela, if we are looking at media, we and 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 think we've just talk about it as well. It's difficult to look at media on its own, right? It is actually a structural problem at this point in time. It's very institutional and it also, so you have layers to this, right? You have the state, its laws and the way the laws are being implemented. Yep. And then you have state and the state's propaganda and the narratives and how that influences media, right? And then you have the issues around uh, who influences the content of the media. Yeah, is it the media themselves? You know, are they uh, proceeding within their role as the fourth estate, as literally the watchdog, right, of of the state of accountability? You know, and looking at different layers of corruption and rule of law and so on. Or is media at this point in time being influenced by um, you know private sectors? And how they want to uh, look at the content. Because you look at the advertisement. I mean, the advertising revenue is already dwindling, right? So whatever that remains, yeah, are, are critical to the survival of media, right? But these, these public entities or private sectors, yeah, businesses, are also not necessarily as aware, right? So, and then you have the third element, which is actually the lack somewhat the lack of awareness in itself on their role um, in promoting gender, right? And gender equality. So all this combined, yeah, creates a scenario where the media is not able to proceed uh, progressively at times, yeah? And this is not an excuse, it's more of a reality. Because if you're not able to even uh, survive financially, I mean, just... In the last year, we've seen so many exercises where media primas announced their manpower rationalization exercises, right? Which saw the redundancy of staff from New Street Times, Breta Harian, you know, Harian Metro, and then we saw that. Was it the Edge Financial Daily, you know, uh, basically printing their last issue sometime last early last year? And then you have, we had um, Blue Ink Media, 
um, and their well-known magazines such as like, you know, Jalita, uh, Cleo, Marie Claire, Her World, who are all seizing operations. Yeah. And these are all generally, you know, due to the financial constraint and they can no longer really rely on the traditional means of revenue and business models. So with that at the back of the media generally, especially conventional media and even alternative media, they're, they're thinking of survival at the moment. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think these uh, issues, right, I mean, not not specifically just agenda, but other critical uh, and, and rights or freedom issues, right? I mean, we, we do have people who uh, want to read about it, people who care about it and would want more stories about it. Uh, it's just... Uh, I don't know, perhaps it's, it's not something that is um, uniform across all public, I guess. Um, because, I mean, it, it, go, it all goes back to, to what we have been talking um, since, since the beginning about the role of media. Uh, I think people, uh, maybe they, they themselves do not understand what they want the, their media to be. Do they want the media uh, to just be, you know, where they can get uh, the latest information from the government or do they do, do they actually want uh, a media that would tell them how certain public policies will affect their lives um, or do they want someone that is, you know, telling uh, stories that they think they should hear and of people that are rarely uh, being talked about. Um, so... You know, um. but what about like uh, you know, like issues that affect them, right? Like, uh, for example, we've heard like or asli women. I mean, under the Jabatan uh, or asli, they they started uh, issuing uh, land titles, no land titles to to, but only to the husbands. So if the husbands pass away, it doesn't automatically go to the wives. Uh-huh. Yeah. So then that, but but then we have Article Eight in the Constitution, which actually says this is discrimination because uh, you you cannot do that when it comes to property. And the Article Eight in the Constitution is actually quite limited in scope. So, uh, and, and these are critical issues, no? I mean, th- these are issues that actually affect bread and butter on the ground. So, um, there appears to be, you know, uh, I don't know, like. Uh, Kind of this a huge gap, yeah. Kind yeah, of a huge divide gap in terms, in terms of, of uh, yeah. what exactly affects me, you know, yeah. from yeah. a gender perspective. Yeah. And uh, how can maybe media then make that more relevant? Because then exactly. when you make that more relevant, you have actually a mass of people who will understand, hey, this is actually important. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you know, this is where media is losing its opportunity of getting more readers. Yeah. Uh, and when we, again, when we talk about gender issues, it's, we cannot apply a very homogeneous lens to this, right? We have to always apply an intersectional lens. So if you are reporting, um, you know, we need to ensure that you, you, you sort of like narrow the access gap, right? Are we, are we ensuring that, you know, women from rural areas understand what is being reported? You know, what is the news? How relevant it is? Language is an issue, right? Or, or even do they have access to that exactly. reports in the first place? Exactly. Or persons with disabilities, you know, if you have sight impairment, how are you ensuring that you get access to the news, right? The relevant... Uh, yeah, thank you for that, Wachala. Mm-hmm. So, Zoraidi, I mean, we, we completely appreciate the challenges, certainly, you know, the, the uh, tr- structural challenges, uh, the, the whole issue about finances. 
um, and we certainly uh, appreciate like uh, how much media does try to cover gender gender inequality issues or issues from a gender perspective. How do you feel right now after like <laughs> like you, do you have like a whole you know whole burden like? On your show, <laughs> no, no, it has been a very uh, illuminating session. I mean, uh, uh, because I mean, of course, uh, from from the inside, right? I mean, we we uh, we we do want to take up this challenge about you know taking on progressive issues, uh, but at the same time, uh, with the, a lot of restrictions that we face, right? So uh, hearing uh, you know a lot of uh, this issue being dissected by uh, you two has been very illuminating today, um, and I think. Uh, The the only way that I I, w- I would like to add uh, on this is that you know we perhaps we need um, uh, more uh, you know young young journalists to push for you know for for more of these issues to be covered uh, because you know if 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 it is and also at the same time those who are uh, already working you know to just to just continue um, you know suggesting stories to to endorse uh, you know younger colleagues or female colleagues who want to work on certain stories because uh, i think ultimately it's not like we cannot do it but it's just uh, we just have, we need to carve out a space uh, for these issues and you know if if uh, the editors or the publishers um, do not wish to do so then we just have to do it ourselves All right. So thank you so much uh, for joining us today and for sharing your thoughts on gender and media, Zurairi and Wachala. So we just heard from Zurairi Abdurrahman and Wachala Naidu and their perspectives of media coverage of gender inequality issues. We heard some interesting thoughts on what is the role of media today and how we can have a media that serves public interests and particularly to provide a gender analysis or perspective to the issues covered, be it social, economic or political. If you enjoyed listening to Gossip, do follow us and stay tuned for our next episode. We'll be talking about the right to equal pay for work of equal value. What are the realities on the ground? Are women indeed being paid lower than men? Why isn't household work given economic value? What are the implications for the value of women's labor? Is labor still being exploited by corporations in the state? Do join us in our next episode. You can find Chris Network on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Remember, gossip is where alternative perspectives make sense.